You're listening to St. Pius X Catholic Church in Lafayette, Louisiana. Thank you for joining us. I first want to congratulate our STM football team for winning the state championship this past Friday. I was so blessed to be able to go and get kind of sideline tickets. Um, the last time I stood on that field was actually when I won the state championship uh, at Acadiana High, and it was great to be back. The game was incredible. I mean, it's a go last, literally within a minute, to flip it like that. Um, so congratulations to our STM football team on what an incredible victory and well-earned throughout the season. You know, today we celebrate what's called Gaudete Sunday. Uh, it's usually in the middle or toward the end of Lent or Advent. Um, it's, that's why we wear robes and that candle is rose because uh, during this penitential season, we wear violet, purple, uh, but Christmas is white. So toward the end, it's violet mixed with white, makes the color rose. Uh, and I have, as I get up there in age, you know, and I start to get older and older and wiser, I start to give myself um, more liberties, and one of them is one dad joke a year. Um, my dad joke, of course, is, you know, people say, Father, you look good in pink. Well, thank you. Uh, but uh, it's not pink, it's rose, right? Jesus rose from the dead. He didn't pink from the dead. And so that's, uh, that's actually why you have flowers, not only in our, our vestments, because it represents this new life that is to come. And uh, now, of course, you know from Father Brady, uh, both me and Father Brady are kind of explaining the Mass. We kind of came together and thought that there's four parts to the Mass, there's four Sundays in Advent, and it'd be nice if we kind of explained the Mass, where it came from in tradition and in Scripture. Um, it would be in part three, the third Sunday of Advent. This will be the Mass explained the Liturgy of the Eucharist. With the second half of the Mass, the Liturgy of the Eucharist, Jesus' sacrifice on the cross is made present by the priest who carries out what Jesus did at the Last Supper and what he commanded his apostles to do in memory of him. In the Liturgy of the Eucharist, bread and wine are offered as gifts by the people and then consecrated by the priest and change into the true body and blood of our Lord, which we receive in communion. This part of the Mass is the highest point of the Mass. This is the climax of a great story, and so I cannot do justice to it in one homily. I've had uh, you know, a number of very grateful people reach out, even outside of our uh, parish and academics, um, kind of giving me pointers, um, so I apologize to them right now. This part of the Mass is just too dense to fully explain, but I'll do my best. But first, the collection. Uh, the collection going forth is it's rooted in Scripture, right? St. Paul is written about uh, Romans, Galatians, First and Second Corinthians. He's traveling around picking up collections in order to start a church, right? This is founded in Scripture. In fact, St. Paul was so dead set on picking up collections and for the church that he was willing to risk alienating the church, the very churches he founded. 
if they didn't donate. The idea behind this is that we give to God in thanksgiving for what he has given us and then, of course, what he's about to give us in Holy Communion. Uh, the collection is not necessary for the liturgy. Like on weekdays, we don't have a collection. But it is necessary in order to support the church and to very practically keep the lights on. Uh, the offertory, whenever we bring up the bread and the wine, um, this has strong support in Scripture. Not only at the Last Supper, but even foundations in Genesis. St. Justin Martyr, in the year 155, explained the practice of the people presenting the gifts to be consecrated and walking them forward during Mass. But this is where we offer something. And so when you see those people walk up with the, the bread and the wine to be offered, I want you to picture what are you offering at that Mass? What are you bringing to God? Plenty of spiritual reflections have been done on this. What are your joys that you're attaching to that? What are your hopes, your dreams, your fears, your sorrows, and your worries? You have to give that to Jesus. That's where we do it at. The offering as they come forward, what are you praying for, for this Mass? Whenever the priest mixes the wine and the water in the chalice, uh, the wine actually represents the divinity of Christ. And we put just a drop of water because it represents humanity. God becoming man. All of the divine in just a small human person. And so it points to the incarnation. Whenever the deacon kind of wipes the inside of the chalice, uh, because there's drops are on the, on the cup on the inside, it represents people that are lukewarm in their faith, that aren't practicing the faith. But, uh, our blessed Lord in Revelation says, um, you're neither hot nor cold. And because you're lukewarm, I spew you out. And so for those that are lukewarm in the faith, it's wiped outside the chalice, praying that they come back. The priest, after that, washes his hands. Of course, this has deep Old Testament scripture references. When the priest in the temple would wash his hands, his feet, before offering the sacrifice, and with this biblical background, when the priest washes his hands, it's indicating, just like the priest in the Old Testament, that he is about to enter into the cloud. He's about to enter into the Holy of Holies. The preface for the Mass, of course, the Lord be with you and with your spirit. We lift up our hearts, we lift them up to the Lord. Let's give thanks to the Lord our God. And then that prayer right after, this comes from the year 200 with St. Hippolytus. Plenty of saints have given incredible spiritual reflections for the faithful, explaining what does it truly mean to lift up your hearts to God? What does it truly mean to give thanks? to the Lord our God. The preface for the Eucharist, that prayer after that, is essentially a prayer of reparation, of apologizing. Our, our blessed Lord on the way to the cross was thrown with insults, none of which he deserved, 
And the preface is kind of a reparation for that, giving thanks and singing his praise. The sanctus after the holy, holy, holy that we sing, this is taken from Isaiah and Revelation. When they're peering into heaven, it's a mass. The book of Revelation is one big mass. And so when they peer into heaven, they see that God created angels just so they could sing his praise. And what do they say? They say, holy, 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 the Lord God of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. And so we repeat with the angels so that we may have angelic vision of about what is about to come. The Eucharistic prayer, this is, I'll say de facto, where I will fall short. This is where I kind of fail in regards to explaining the Mass. The Eucharistic prayer is the most beautiful prayer ever composed in human history. Every single word, syllable, sentence is taken from Scripture and saints. I just can't do it in regards to just one homily. Uh, but I'll say this, in regards to the priest mentality, um, when the priest prays the Eucharistic prayer, he should pray it as if only Jesus and Mary is in the room. The priest should pray that as if Mary is kind of whispering in his ear what to do. Slow down. Are you you're speaking too fast? And when he lifts up the host, she says, okay, be careful. That's my little boy. The priest needs to pray the Eucharistic prayer. And during that Eucharistic prayer, is called the epiclesis. This is when the priest kind of puts his hands over the chalice and they ring the bell one time, representing the Holy Spirit coming down. We need the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. In the Old Testament, the priest would pray that God would send the Messiah. And now the priest at mass petitions that God send the Messiah King once again on our altar. The words of consecration is the absolute highest point of the mass. The words of consecration is the greatest worship to ever take place in human history. The priest bends down, not only because of adoration, but because of the very weight of the words that he says. He needs the support. And the words of consecration are not necessarily taken from one part of scripture. It's all of the gospels and the epistles of St. Paul when they say, okay, the Lord said this at the Last Supper. It's a compilation of all of them. And then the mystery of faith that we proclaim after signifies the great mystery that did just happen. A mystery uh, can be understood, but never exhausted. Uh, like I could understand it, but I don't understand it all the way. The mystery of God, I could see God, understand God in a way, but he's deeper than I can plunge. That's the mystery of our faith. That our Father, of course, coming from our blessed Lord, plenty of saints have actually explained what prayer is using the Our Father. Seven petitions in the Our Father, when people say, Father, how do I, how do I pray? 
I don't never learned how to pray or I'm trying to do it. The Our Father is a good place to start. Seven petitions in the Our Father. The rite of peace right after. And then the priest, you'll notice that he breaks the Eucharist and he puts a little bit, a piece of it in the chalice. This represents the resurrection, right? Because when he consecrates the body and the blood, it's separate because it represents the death of our Lord. But when he puts that body right back into the blood, it represents him rising from the dead, the resurrection of our Lord. That Lamb of God, Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Exact words used by St. John the Baptist. The very first person to recognize that Jesus is the new lamb, the true lamb to be sacrificed for our sins. In Revelation, it talks about Jesus being revealed as the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. For Holy Communion, I tell people, whenever whenever you come and receive the Holy Communion, this is a high point for you. You need to pray. And a great person to pray with is our Blessed Mother. Can you imagine Mary going to Mass for the very first time and seeing the apostles say the very words that she saw her little boy say at the Last Supper? Behold, this is my body. Mary, when she received communion, must have been like deja vu uh, because she's now receiving the very body she formed in her womb. Ask Mary to teach you how to pray and how to receive communion. Mary, she won't lead you astray. She always leads us to our son. And then finally, after communion, the very last part of this mass is whenever the priest or the deacon purifies the vessels. Like every particle of the Eucharist is Jesus. And how many people that, you know, they struggle with greed, they, every particle of gold they find, they go crazy about, huh? Us who are devoted to the Lord, every particle of Jesus, we have to take care of. This is the part three of explaining the Mass, the Liturgy of the Eucharist. All of our homilies can be found online. We're doing this to kind of help people understand where the Mass comes from. And this, the liturgy of the Eucharist, is the highest point of the Mass. And I, just by the nature of it, can't do full justice in a homily. But at the end of the day, it is ultimately a mystery. A mystery that can be known, but never fully exhausted. The depth and the love of God. That's the mystery of faith.